the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Just got an email from Tanya. Tanya lives in Santa Rosa. We don't have any great accents out here. The East Coast is so much more colorful because you got the Boston accent, the car, pack the car. Um, you get the New Yorkers who are just a little bit more gruff than Boston. You get the New Jersey, which is just god-awful trash. You get Baltimore. Baltimore. Um, Baltimore sounds something like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Baltimore, we're going to have a natty book. We're going to have a natty bow and watch the oils. Like, ooh, it just, it makes you cringe. But anyway, I'm totally digressing. Tanya in Santa Rosa, she sends me an email and she says, just recently got married. Congratulations. My spouse and I are shopping around for life insurance. We're both 24 and both contribute to our household income. But we plan to be a single income household when we start having kids in four to five years. Not really sure where to start. Good questions. Don't want to get locked into crappy product. Okay, this it's probably my favorite question. In large part, she's young and she wants to make the right decisions. 24 is young. When you're starting to hit 30, that's when you're, okay, you've lost 25% of your financial life. When you hit 40, you've lost 50% of your financial life. When you hit 50, you've lost 75%. Your financial life is age 20 to 60. So she's lost a little bit. Financial life meaning your ability to earn income. The ability to fund your your dreams and your life and your expenses and your vacations and your kids. Okay, so what's most important to her right now is to realize that life insurance isn't that important to her. Okay, that's first and foremost, right? You tracking me? The most important thing to her is the ability to preserve income. The ability to earn income. So this weekend, she goes out for a little wine tasting. Her and her hubby are driving back home, and guy across the road had too much to drink, and he slams into him. Husband is in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Doesn't have the ability to earn income. Uh, brain damaged. Can't really hold a job without getting massive headaches. His ability to earn income has gone. And you're going to be on Social Security Disability, which is a lovely $1,000 a month for the rest of your life. That's not going to fund your kids. It ain't going to fund your college. It ain't going to fund your vacations in Mexico. You're screwed. So what you want first is disability insurance when you're 24 years old. Now, it's something that can't be oversold. It's one of the better insurance products out there, and it's one of the ones that none of us have. Disability insurance protects your ability to earn income. Insurance is there to protect things. It's not there to make money. And that's why you freaks who buy annuities and you freaks who sell annuities like Pat Fatucci um, are sick. 
Insurance is there to protect something, not to invest. Okay, so disability insurance, wildly important. Now, let's say she married a guy. No, no, no. Let's, let's, be, let's reverse the sexism. Let's say she makes $100,000 a year as an attorney, and he makes $30,000 a year as a grave digger. Grave digger's cool job, just for the record. Um, they buy a big house. Her income is a lot more important to paying that mortgage than his. So you, what you do is you get 20-year term life insurance on her. And typically, you go 10 times the salary. That's a starting point. Now, let's say you've got a kid in a wheelchair. You're going to need more. You've got a high-needs high kid. Let's say you've got, you know, you've lived way beyond your ways and means. You're going to need a little bit more. So if she makes $100,000, you do it times it by 10, so a million dollars. That will give, basically, that's going to cover 10 years of her life, right? You get the idea of, again, you only work from age 20 to 60, so you get a 20-year term life insurance policy on the, the high breadwinner. Maybe when you're, if you really have that situation in your 20s, maybe go 30-year term. Because, again, it'll cover your working years. If you die before able to finish at age 60. Now, at age 60, you should have enough money to retire on. Because you, you were smart. You got disability insurance. It protected your income. And you got term life insurance, which protected you, know, you getting hit by a bus and dying. So that's a great question, and I, I hope I answered that pretty well and pretty thoroughly and pretty clearly. Do you want whole life insurance? No. There's an investment product in it. You don't want to confuse insurance with investments. It's a sickness. You have a problem. Do you want variable life insurance? You know, well, Rob, I want to get back some of the money that I invested in it when I no. You want the cheaper term and invest the rest. That's what everyone in the financial community does. We sell you crap product. We don't buy it ourselves. Okay, okay, okay. Let me give you a couple more lessons because I feel like I'm, I'm educator Rob Black today. I feel like a teacher. Teach, teach. You know what I'm going to do? I get to talk to uh, all the new teachers in January in like Northern California. And then in March, I may, if I do a good job in, in January, I get to fly down to LA and talk to all the new teachers down there. That's cool. I actually get to help people who help our kids. And I get to tell them simple ways of investing. I love that. So anyway, um, perils of chasing higher yields. Cash. Okay, back to that. Back to Tanya real quick. Next thing you want to do is have two to six months of cash because one of you are going to lose your job at some point in time. Two to six months of cash because then you max out your 401k. And let's say you lose your job. You don't have to go, well, I wonder if I should cash in my 401k because I can't find a job. Stock market's down 30, 40, 50%, and now I'm going to cash it in, and I'm going to get to hit with taxes and a penalty. Taxes, income taxes are going to hit another 30%, state taxes are going to hit another 10%, and then penalty of 10%. So for every dollar in your 401k, you're only going to get 50 cents back in an emergency. In retirement, you're going to get it all back. That's nice. Nice, nice, nice. Now, again, you will pay income taxes, but when you're 60, in theory, your income taxes are going to be on the lower side of the tax bracket versus your peak earning years while on the higher side of the tax bracket. Okay, next next small lesson is cash. Remember the call who um, had a private rate that's paying him 6%? It's pretty nice. 6% is higher than 1%. Simple math lesson, 6% is more risk than 1%. He's got his money tied up in private real estate. Developer could have effed up. He could have bought in Phoenix last year. He could have bought in Vegas last year. 
He really needs to know where his product is located to know what the value is. So he gets that 6% yield and he's bragging. Well, the developer made a mistake. So he exposes himself exponentially to more risk. The safest money in the world is it right there at your bank or your credit union. It's FDIC insured up to $250,000. It's the safest money in the world. Our government's going to make good on it. But you're going to get less than 1% because that's the going market rate. So when you start going for 2% returns on cash or cash equivalents like CDs, 2% is more than 1%. It's going to have a little bit more of a problem. 4% is going to have a much tougher time than 2%. You know, Ally Bank right now. You can get a great rate with Ally Bank right now. But they're an online bank. Do you really want that? It's a little bit more pain in your butt. So you pay... You get rewarded for inconvenience, and you get rewarded for risk. There's a lot of banks out there that our Congress finally shut them down on this. But what they were doing is they were offering 3 to 4% on cash. 3 to 4% yields on cash. And you're like, screw Bank of America, I'm getting less than 1%. Screw them. Now, it was 3 to 4% was FDIC insured, but they had so many commercial loans that the bank ultimately shuts down. So the FDIC gets screwed. Our government gets screwed because they have to, you know, make all that cash whole. So they're shutting down banks offering teaser rates. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's take a look at the stock market. I haven't done that in a while. Let's see how we're doing. Wouldn't it be awful if it was down like 900 points and it was the worst day ever? And here I am talking, blah, 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 blah. Um, Dow down 39, NASDAQ down 17, S&P 500 down 3. Um, Senate Democrat leader bringing out new health care bill. I get the feeling this health care bill ain't going to get done. Or if it gets done, it's going to be a shadow of what they want it. No one's willing to put their name on it. Few people want to put their name on it. Big election year coming up into 010. 010, what is wrong with me in 10? So American Express to buy revolution money for about $300 million. That's a big story out there. Housing starts and permits fell sharply in the month of October. That's a big story in large part because it should help stabilize home prices a little bit. Not, it's not going to change the world. It's not Moses. It's not going to walk on water and suddenly the housing market's going to be fixed. But it should help cut down on inventory, supply and demand. In Stockton right now, if you were to, the inventory is so high, they've got five years of inventory. If they build another house in Stockton, that's insanity. You get the idea. So American Express is buying Revolution money for $300 million. And for the record, defaults at American Express are down six months in a row. They're still ridiculously high. Isn't it funny how, how statistics and how people in finance could just totally mislead you? Defaults are down six months in a row at American Express. It's, it's like saying, you know, your cancer treatment's getting less, less, your cancer's growing less fast. But it's still growing. It's still a problem. So you got to watch out for the statistics and how they show you uh, money issues. American Express is buying Revolution money for about $300 million to keep up with trends in electronic payments. Revolution money offers payments authorized at checkout counters with a PIN number with about 1 million merchants participating in the service. To reduce potential for identity theft, Revolution cards has no name, signature, or account number. I think Revolution was started by Steve Case, if I remember correctly. Or he was one of the big investors in it. Steve Case of America Online. Revolution Money founder Jason Hogg. Man, if I had a last name like Hogg, 
I'd consider changing it, especially if I was a woman. I know you're saying, Rob, you really think women are vain animals, don't you? Yes. Yes. I think the perception is, you know, you don't want to be referred to as a hog. Revolution's money is majority shareholder and chairman. Oh, Ted Leone's this big, big Teddy. He owns the Washington Capitals, or he's part owner of the Washington Capitals. He's going to advise American Express on its strategy for expanding into new payment products geared towards online use and mobile devices. You know, it does make sense. Now that you stop and think about it, shouldn't every financial card have a, a pin number tied towards it? Seriously. If my card, if my American Express gets stolen, it is so easy to go out and run it up. I mean, they don't look at my, my signature. No one takes the time to do that. So, American Express. You know, I'm going to do a Christmas show coming up soon. I'm going to put maybe 10, maybe 15, maybe 20, maybe 25 stocks that I think are great long-term investments. I think American Express is one of them. I'm not saying that for sure. I haven't put that list together yet. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Get in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. Trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my holiday show. Thinking about having kind of a Christmas party on air, but I want to do it off hours so we can drink and get like various guests, you know, a little bit loopy and have them slur and ruin their credibility. No, no, no. I want to do that. But like seeing Christmas carols on air, wouldn't that be such awful radio that it would be wonderful radio? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to a call. Let's go to Steve in San Leandro. Uh, Hi, hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I have a question regarding my asset allocation. I'm 58. Uh, Recently got laid off, so I just wanted to run by and see whether it's that pretty aggressive portfolio for me. I have basically 60% in stocks and 40% into cash. That's a lot of cash. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking, you know, if I don't go back to work to live with that, you know. How much money you got? Uh, around roughly total portfolio of $2 million. You called last week, didn't you? Uh, no. Have you ever called? Not not uh, for at least another last, I think I probably called you a couple months ago, but not before that. Oh, because I swear I've heard an Indian engineer type uh, who was 58 and retiring kind of thing. Okay. Um. 60% stocks and 40% cash. That To me, that shows just absolutely no foresight. That's just rough. Um, Forbes has a calculator for an asset allocation calculator. And for instance, your house is paid off, right? Yes. You did call. I know you did. Or you've got a twin out there with the exact same assets as you. Oh, probably. Um, $2 million. Uh Number of years to invest? What would you say your, your number of years to invest is? Well, with this, like, you know, my cash, I can live with it for another at least, you know, 10, 15 years. So at least 15 years, I guess. Yeah. Give me a second. Give me a second. So so let's say 15 years. Uh-huh. And you're 60% cash. No, 40% cash, 60% invested. Oh, my, my bad, my bad. So, and no bonds, huh? 
Uh, I have like $100,000 worth of bonds, so, but okay. I consider that as a cash too, you know. Okay, I'm with you. Um, let's see what comes up. Do you have a budget? Uh, yes. Okay. And what what are you spending per year? Uh, around 50000 Around 50000 Right. Okay. Why not go all cash then? Or, you know, inv- you know, yield. Why not go yield? $2 million will pay you easily $80,000 a year till the day you die. Right. No, but see, what I have is million dollar out of that is into my retirement, right? IRA and 401k. Yeah, but you got $2 million in assets plus a home. Right. So you have enough there that you can go all, you know, income. Hmm. There's different types of asset allocations. And like, I don't want to freak people out. Asset allocation could be an active process. It could be a passive process. Uh You've kind of made it kind of active on the stocks, passive on the, the bonds, or the cash, constant weighting asset allocation, tactical asset allocation. There's just hundreds of ways of doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider an income strategy with a certified financial planner. Right. Um, but generally, I, I'm like you know, from my cash, I, I'm able to make around 50k. So yeah, it's me for you know for my. So wh- why do you need stocks then? Well, that that is through my uh, 401k and other one, right? Mm-hmm. But why do you need them? Well, you got enough money to live till the day you die if you stay in your budget. Right, but that's the long-term, you know, like money I have that four hundred one k that I can probably pass on to my, you know, my my kids, right? So that will grow faster than just uh, putting into CDs or bond, you know. Yeah, um, I know, to me it's just you can cut down the risk in your portfolio greatly uh-huh. and get a pretty good rate of return and still pass on two million plus dollars in assets. Okay, if not more. So I would sit down with a financial planner, come up with a five-year plan, and then then start working with that person to make sure that your assumptions are correct. Now, what, are you not going back to work because you don't want to? You're not going back to work because you can't find work? Are you too old? Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm pretty young. The only thing, like as I said, I'm just end up paying so much into taxes if I go back to work, and I'm not enjoying it now, you know, so I just, and, and working 12 hours a day doesn't, you know, I, I'm not too happy anymore, you know? Yeah. Are you going to retire in this area? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... And you probably have a house, and you've been in it for many, many years, so your right. Prop 13 is wonderful. Yes, it is wonderful for me. So it is wonderful for you. I, I see no reason why you're still working, and I see no reason why. What, what I would strongly push again is really consider working with a financial planner who doesn't sell annuities uh-huh. and come up with a, a strategy on you know how to allocate that money. For instance, I would put some of it in. I would consider. Let me correct, let me correct what I'm saying. I'd consider putting some of it in California municipal go bonds. Um very, very uh, tax efficient. You're getting 5% rates uh, for 20 years. Uh, real rate of return is going to be in that 6 to 7% level, and that's that's going to get you even more money than you're, you're currently allocating, so to speak. Um, there's some good tools out there, and I'll throw this out there as a way of concluding the call with you, Steve. There's a good website called financialengines.com, financialengines.com, and Fidelity has this as well, where basically you, you fill out a form and you say, I'm 58 spend about 60000 a year. I got no kids. I got no job. I got $2 million liquid. I've got a million dollars in stocks. You basically fill out a pretty lengthy uh, metric, you know, metric-driven form questionnaire, and it, it compilates, it, it, it computes it all together, and it goes, this is what your allocation should be. Um, 60% stock, I don't understand why you got so much risk. I really don't. Now, if you were to say, Rob, it's, 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 it's all in value funds, 
well, that, that's different than growth funds. Um, and you're starting to get to the point where you don't have a lot of time to let it snap back. So 60%, let's say we go through another worst case scenario, 50% correction. So suddenly your million becomes $500,000. And for that to become whole again, it may be five to seven years out. It may be longer than that. Especially if you you best you guessed incorrectly and you went for like the U.S. markets versus international markets, I just don't. To me, I scratch my head and go, "Why is this guy still got that much exposure to growth?" Um, if you want to expose some of it to growth for sexy, sexy, that's fine. But two million dollars on a fifty thousand dollar budget, I'd be sitting pretty and smoking up some uh, some good lifestyle, so to speak. Uh, Eighty thousand dollars a year minimum. Is what you could pay yourself. Now taxes and, and some other issues are going to come up, and you know you will have enough money to draw that money down if you need to. If you hit, hit serious health issues, you're well funded. So, um, financial planner, I think would be smart to work with, so you could start protecting some of those assets in worst case scenarios like uh, long term care. Uh, but I'd only work with someone who is a CFP with a little copyright right next to it. Um, I would not work with anyone in the insurance industry. No one in the insurance industry. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Each calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. Nine ten a.m. You can jump on the blog. I'll jump on the blog during this commercial break. The blog's located at talk nine ten dot com. Talk nine ten dot com, and uh, I'll chit chat with you there for a couple minutes. You can find me uh, at robblack.com dot com as well. But the website's talk nine ten dot com, where you can get podcast of the show. Podcast back, baby. Um, it's back, and uh, I'm just gonna get a break here. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. or a million talk. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Shout out to myself. <clears throat> I did a little market updates during the John and Ken show at 15 and 45 past the hour. Typically, I do one on how the market closed and the other one's on something fun. An angle on money, like don't prepay your mortgage. So he can, while you're driving home, listen to little John and Ken. They're angry. They're angry at the Fort Hood killer that all his information was so well known for such a long time that the politicians messed it up by not bringing him down. I'm not that angry. The only thing I get angry at is is people who sell crap financial products. Um, you know, I did. I saw a story yesterday that I, I throw it out there because I almost have to. Co-founder of Microsoft has lymphoma. We're all going to die. Even the co-founder of Microsoft, Paul Allen. Allen has had some horatious, just horrendous, just god-awful investments in his lifetime. Best thing he did was pick up sports teams like Seattle Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers, but his charter communications, a cable company, just, eh, not so much. Uh, he was a big investor in Tech TV. Do you remember Tech TV? They were ultimately get sold to G4. Um, that was a money-losing venture. Huge money-losing venture. Washington Blade, gay newspaper. 
several gay newspapers and magazines around the country learned on Monday that they're going to be shut down. So this is a little bit old news. The Blade was founded in 1969. It's considered one of the most influential publications written for a gay audience. Closing came as a surprise to employees. I throw that out there because even a bullet shot, a bullet shot into the gay community where advertisers know their audience, failed. Sometimes you can have the best idea and be the only ones who do it and still fail. Be very careful with the decisions you make as far as investments that you know can't go wrong. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Chad in Livermore. Chad? Rob, how's it going? Good. Um, I've got a question for a company that I work for. They offer a stock purchase plan. Sure. And um, I can give you their ticker symbol. I just wanted an outsider's opinion on the company. You know, I'm in the trenches with it every day, so I just wanted your take on it. Give me the ticker symbol. L, L is in Larry, E, G is in Gary. Ooh, Leggett and Platt. So I saw you on the blog, and I was actually going to comment to you there, but... Uh, I figured I'd call in. Yeah, that's good of you. I appreciate that. Interactivity, it's not that scary. Um, so you work for the company, right? Correct. And they're giving you a, a pretty nice discount. Tell me about that discount. Um, it's 15% off the uh, current purchase price, and it's deducted out of uh, whenever we get our paychecks. They deduct a certain amount, whatever we dictate. And then uh, at the end of the year, they dole out whatever you've purchased throughout the year um, at the year end. Okay. First and foremost, I look at this as heavily, heavily income. They don't have enough money to pay you everything that you're worth. So on a kind of goofy level, they're giving you an incentive, a discount on the stock. Um, do you kind of agree with where I'm going at with that? It, you got to almost not view it as an investment. you got to almost view it as an income. Well, sure, and I would view that. I mean, the okay. dividend's pretty nice, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it, even though it's an option for us to participate in. Yep. I would absolutely positively consider doing the ESPP unless you've got some sort of cash flow crunch in your life or pending cash flow crunch. And this is a nice company. This is not a flybynight.com company. This is not going to overnight be gone. They basically, they were the pioneer of coiled bed springs. Uh, They use ultimately aluminum and steel. They make residential furnishings like bed frames and inner springs, commercial fixtures like store displays and shelving. They also produce industrial materials like wire and steel tubing. They've got some specialized items like quilt machinery, quilting machinery, automotive seating. So a lot of what they're selling, a lot of what they make isn't selling well right now. During a recession, typically will happen. They have over 20 businesses in in other countries. I don't think they're going to go out of business anytime soon. Stock's near 52-week high, which is exactly where it should be with the market near a 52-week high. Uh, Let's blow out the numbers a little bit more. Hasn't done a hell hole of a lot since 2000, but sideways isn't down when you got a good income uh, stream coming in from Leggett and Platt. I got no problems with this company. It had a huge move in the 1990s, and um, they just had a dismissal of a lawsuit. So that's positive. Their earnings came out, beat expectations. Um, they missed on revenues, but they gave better guidance going forward. Uh, cost control. So, yeah, it, absolutely. With an employee stock purchase plan, it's a tax efficient me- means by way which it's tax efficient means by which employees of a corporation can purchase the company's stock. I would not let it get to the point of you know more than five percent of your portfolio. Or you know, let's say let's get a little egregious here, Chad, and say between you and me, I wouldn't let it get to over ten percent because at that point in time, CEO loses his mind, gets up on a, a bell tower, and starts shooting kids in a university. You're screwed. 
Um, so you want to diversify it out and that may mean, you know, your uh, income tax goes up, depends on how you structure and things along those lines. But I got no problem, Chad, with an ESPP on, on this company. It's one of the better companies in, in the nation. Cool. Thanks, Rob. Well, thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go back to um, things that scare the hell out of me. Earlier this week, I talked about um, inflation. Inflation's my boogeyman. Remember the call that we had just a couple minutes ago? The guy with $2 million. The most, the thing that he should be most afraid of, his budget's 50000 The thing that he should fear the most is inflation. Will his money dwindle away? Or will the purchasing of it dwindle away? When I was a kid, you could buy Coca-Cola out of a machine for 25 cents. Do you remember the talking Coke machines? They came and went. They were annoying as hell. Um, starting when we, you know, in the nineties, when we started getting that semiconductor technology where we can do voice, you know, Coke machine would sing to you. Do you remember how crazy we were in the dot com days? We were talking about how you can now plug in a Coke machine to the internet and on really hot days, the Coke would be $2 on really cold days. A Coke would be uh 50 cent. They'd be able to do variable pricing. That's how crazy we were in the dot com days. There was a dot com company that was trying to figure out smell on the internet. So it's something that scares the hell out of me. IBM, they've developed a computer that works like a human brain in an era where PCs perform like supercomputers and supercomputers carry out inhuman feats of calculation. Some of the brightest minds here in the Silicon Valley, there's still crucial ways in which a computer cannot problem solve the abilities of our brain. But today at a supercomputing conference in Portland, Oregon, a team of scientists for IBM and several other Bay Area institutions, they're planning to announce developments that could one day lead to a new kind of computer, one that uses specially designed hardware and software to mimic what's inside our heads. So researchers for IBM say they've performed a computer simulation that matches the scale and complexity of a cat's brain. And project members from IBM and Stanford have developed an algorithm for mapping the human brain at new levels of detail. Eventually, scientists hope that the detailed knowledge will help them build a computer that replicates the more complex working of a human brain. This is dangerous stuff. I fear technology. I saw the movie Terminator. As soon as they can make decisions, we're all dead. If you... <laughs> I hope you know. I hope you guys know I'm a goof. Let's go to Andrew and Sonoma. Andrew. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm wondering if you have an opinion of the Gannett Corporation in light of other newspapers around the country, you know, folding and having diminished readership. I'm thinking they're going to pick up the slack, and I'm wondering what your opinion is. Um, the Internet's really hurt that, just damaged, just damaged the newspapers. Um, do you read newspapers? Like, do you pick, do you still buy them? I do. I like them, and I don't think I'm alone. I, it's kind of annoying to read a screen all day, so picking up a paper has kind of a satisfaction to it. I agree with you, and I, I do think on a level that they're going to be a survivor. With Gannett, what you're talking about, they're based out of McLean, Virginia. they got a really cool office, just in case you ever care. Um, USA Today is what it's typically all about. That's the flagship. But they also own some like of the Arizona Republic and the Detroit Free Press. Um, to me, our nation needs fewer newspapers. Uh, why do I say that? I just don't think the business model is there. That, it, that you know, They need to charge 2 to $3 per day for a newspaper for the business to really be news gathering. Um, I'm glad that we have the LA Times. I think it's the best paper in the state of California. I'm glad that we got the New York Times. 
But everything in between to me, I hate saying this because I'm wrong. I know that I'm wrong. I I don't – I can't figure out the business model of newspapers being viable. But yet we know that we need local news for obvious reasons. Um, Yeah, of course, Gannett, there's not too much that's local about it. It does sort of, you know – do a broad stroke nationwide thing. Yeah, they, and they got 200 papers in the UK. Um, they got 23 television stations in the United States. To me, if it was just the USA Today, I think that would be an easy as hell conversation. Every time I fly, I pick up a USA Today. It's everywhere. You it's, check into a hotel, and there's one waiting for you. Pretty, yeah, I agree. Let's let's let me pull up some financials and see how they fared. You you get my dilemma, right? Yeah, it's it's a, a dying model, but but my my curiosity is that given the dying model, will it be a, a survivor and, and flourish? Nation's top-selling newspaper. Yeah. Uh, widely read print newspaper in the United States. Top-selling. Okay. A great question would be that, you know, if you got rid of all the airline and hotel distribution, who'd still be, you know, sticking quarters in a machine to buy a copy? Not quarters, dollars. Yeah, there you go. Revenues are down $8 billion, $7 billion, $6.7 billion. So they're sliding. They're profits. They're not profitable. Um, in good years, they're profitable. So it's. I'd rather own Google. I hate to say that, but if if you look at newspapers and say they're based on advertising, I'd rather own Google. I just see less risk in Google. Um, but I'm not. I'm not totally against you as far as this name in particular. Um, it's had a great year, going from a low of three bucks to twelve bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to pass. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hide behind Google because I'm just I'm not brave enough to to go after a newspaper company. And yet I'm probably wrong, Andrew. Thanks for the call. Uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Buy, sell, or hold. You're saying don't hold. I can't. I I can't get behind. Like I said, I'm more of a Google person as far as the future of advertising. If if Google does if advertising does well, Google's gonna do great. If advertising does well. This company, is, it's going to do well. It's not going to do... It's just not a great business model anymore. And thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. And I feel like I'm wrong on that call. So that, what that's worth, it's worth. Politicians are doing right now with health care would make Bernie Madoff look like a child. Bernie Madoff's Ponzi scheme, not nearly as tricky or as efficient as the schemes coming out of Congress right now. The way they're hiding uh, the budget drop to say we're not going to pay for Medicare, Medicaid anymore, and suddenly that's going to be the savings of this health care reform, even a kindergartner could figure out. That's not right. It's still being spent. It's just moved from one plan to the next. It's ludicrous. Or as Mike Tyson would say, it's delicious. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Mike in Brisbane. Mike, how are you? Hey, good, Rob. Love your show. Love your sense of humor. Question. 
Um, my wife and I have got two homes, and it's, uh, the second home is one that we want to retire into and live the rest of our lovely lives. Good. She's dying to pay off the mortgage on that house. What's the rate? Uh, the rate's 5.56. How much do you have in your nest egg? Um, total? Yeah. Profits? Yeah. Uh, four. You have four million dollars in your nest egg. Yeah. Okay, I pay it off. Um, it sounds to me like you have enough of a nest egg, and second home does, isn't as tax efficient as the first home. Later on in life, uh, if it's your primary residence, then you'll kind of regret doing that. But again, um, you're wealthy, Mike. You don't. I mean, this isn't even an issue for you. And I only suggest wealthy people pay off their mortgages early. Um, I've got a 4.8% mortgage that I absolutely adore because ultimately, after all is said and done with my interest deduction, it's like a 4% cost of money, if not less. Um, here's what here's what some of the professionals say. Um, Journal of Financial Planning, homeowners may not be adequately considering the opportunity cost of investing in their home. Individuals should not attempt to analyze the mortgage decision in isolation from their overall personal financial plan. Instead, they should consider the mortgage decision along with their plans for long-term investing, insurance needs, tax planning, and so forth. If the only way home buyers can afford the higher 15-year mortgage payment is by delaying long-term investments or by limiting funds, they can commit to a long-term investment plan. So, and thanks for the call. What we're talking about here is you only work from age 20 to 60 to get a big boatload, buttload of, of, of cash called a nest egg. And a lot of people want to pay off their mortgage early because they look at it and they go, oh, I want to get rid of that. I want like, and you know why we do that? Because we're sick. So a homeowner with a, we're sick because we heard about our grandfather losing his home. Banks used to issue mortgages that were not mortgages. They were loans. And that loan could be called at any point in time. And when banks needed cash in the 1930s, they basically said, you know what? This depression thing's killing us. So we're going to start calling some of these loans. We need cash. Like, do you know why a lot of banks fail right now is because they got loans out there and then the shareholders or the, the customers come in and take their cash out. And thus a bank collapses. So here's another from the CPA journal. A homeowner with a long-term time horizon and a willingness to assume some risks will likely have a much higher net worth than someone who selects the less risky option of the 15-year mortgage. 30-year mortgages are heaven. 15-year mortgages are Okay. But if you're not funding a nest egg, you're financially retarded. And what does that mean? I'm not calling you mentally retarded. I'm not calling you a special ed case. I'm saying financially you are hurting your growth. When households have a substantial risk of unemployment, which I think we all have right now, you lose your job and you can't pay off your mortgage. You can't pay your monthly mortgage, but you've prepaid it. Bank doesn't care. You're gone. You're out of there. So the trade-off between mortgage prepayment and tax-deferred retirement savings, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, they said U.S. households that are accelerating their mortgage payments instead of saving in tax-deferred accounts are making the wrong choice. Our government can admit this. In aggregate, these misallocated savings are costing U.S. households as much as $1.5 billion per year. I don't know one financial professional who prepays a mortgage. Not one. Now, that guy had $4 million, and he's got a wife who's a little bit of a worry ward. He could A, divorce her, or B, pay off the mortgage. He's got plenty of cash. Now, maybe his lifestyle's grand, and maybe he's got a kid who's in a wheelchair that I don't know. You know, I can't possibly know all of this stuff. But a home 
the value on your home will go up or down if you've paid off your mortgage, with, with or without the mortgage paid off. The, your home's going to do whatever it wants to do in value. You're going to build equity anyway, but you're going to do it slower. Anything that you pay off, you lose 3 to 4% on. So yes, it's a 5.5% cost on interest, but you automatically lose 3 to 4% on each year because of inflation. Mortgage is cheap money. I can't say that enough. A mortgage interest is tax deductible. Can't say that enough. Our government subsidizes us for owning a home. It's like, you know, we bitch and moan about farmers who are paid not to grow corn. If I were a renter and I was a lifelong renter because I like living in 25 different cities for 25 different years, if that was my goal, I'd be pissed at our government. I'd go, screw you guys. You're subsidizing people who stay in one place. And by the way, if you ever go to Italy and gypsies surround you, talking about moving around, I know you're saying, oh, that was a jump. Uh, one of the things that they'll do is they'll, they'll, little kids will like start showing paper in your fr- front of your eyes, papers in front of your eyes, papers in front of your eyes, while the other kids are, are stealing your wallet for, out of your pocket or cutting your fanny pack or anything like that. Fanny packs are uncool, by the way. Anyone who has a fanny pack is a nerd. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, gypsies, how to get rid of them? You hit them. That's how they leave. I learned that lesson. It's, it's, it's so rewarding when little kids start like you know coming close to you. You just swing at them. And they run away like little dogs. I know you're saying you're not a very nice man. <laughs> yes, I am. Mortgage payments generally get easier over time. That's another reason why I don't prepay them. Typically, you know, you, you got your kids, your bugaboos, and they're, 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 they're a pain in the butt. And you have to spend money on their school and their braces. And they're expensive. The first couple years of your marriage are expensive. Later on, once the bugaboos are gone to college and gone, that mortgage is nothing. First couple years, you're starting your, your first job and you're making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. 20, 30 years later, you're, you're $100,000 plus a year. Mortgage lets you sell without selling. Why would anyone want to pay it off? You may find that your home has grown substantially in value, and what you could do is you could borrow against that and go buy more real estate. Get a mortgage by cashing out some of the equity. You essentially collect part of the value of the home in cash when you want to. Large mortgages can let you invest more money quickly. Long-term mortgages can help you create more wealth. That's all I got. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's see if there's any content that I didn't get to today. Um, Lou Dobbs, he had a total editorial control. Who cares? YouTube's going to help sites gather news clips, trying to put local uh, news out of business. Who cares? Intuitive Surgical got a nice upgrade. Big opportunity in Japan, Japanese market. Kind of did that story last week, but they got an upgrade. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Costco no longer carrying Coca-Cola products. Who cares? It's a distribution story at best. Yeah, anyway, I'll be back in 22 hours. Um, thanks for listening. I really super appreciate it. Um, can't say that enough. And um, I'll talk to you soon. I'll be back in 22 hours. It's our Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.